everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. This episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host Matt. Hey Matt. Hey Kat. Hey everyone. How are you? Exciting episode that we have uh, today. Just start um, June, really. That's right. Yeah. It is and, uh, June. I want to say happy birthday month to you. That's right. Yeah, it is. Uh, coming up soon. Yeah, the sink and. Uh, two weeks it'll be your birthday on father's day so yeah, that is yeah i will be uh how old this year <laughs> you know forever young that's right yeah that's, that's the age you'll always be yeah that's, that's pretty good right well uh we have a forever young uh you know i feel like forever young actor today uh, on our episode because you know he's timeless he's he's been this character for a long time but he's had a long acting career but when you look at him you know he's uh, definitely a forever young too yeah for sure he's uh been on there for quite a few years as you said and uh he also has done a bunch of other things uh, i'm sure we'll get into some of that um well i okay so he's been on this soap opera and i feel like soap opera people they seem to be forever young you know like i mean (laughs) they die and they come back to life and i I mean some of them are on there like 20 years or something you know yeah true i mean they you know a lot of them have been on for over 20 years i mean like yeah. Days of Our Lives and Young and the Restless and all those. I mean, they've been going on for, I mean, since I was young. Another World. Do you remember Another World? I do, yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, it's amazing when you look back at these. I mean, I remember my mom watching soap operas when I was young. So, like you, uh, from childhood, I remember soap operas. Uh, were you ever a fan of them? Uh, I can't say that I was a huge fan. I mean, I remember watching some, like, I think I used to watch, like, The Young and the Restless, maybe. I watched All My Children, and, um, when I was in college, high school, college, that phase, General Hospital was huge, and Luke and Laura getting married. Oh, that, yeah, I remember oh, that. Oh, you know, that was, like, the major event, and everybody was, like, gathered together watching that episode. Well, that had been on, like, 100 years before, and, you know, <laughs> I think those two were, like, uh, Luke and Laura there. They were, like, babies when they first started on that show. I know. When you look back at the photos, you know, it's just amazing. But uh, our guest today plays a doctor, so. That's right, he does, yeah. There's always always a doctor on one of those shows. 
oh yes or or you know like there can be even a whole bunch of them mm-hmm. but he's a, i guess a doctor with a twist that come out you know uh like literally come out as gay <laughs> um, in a plot twist there. So I would, you know, definitely we're going to hear about that. Um, but Kevin Spiritus is our guest today. And, is that you know, how you like, say his last name? Spiritus. Not sure. It's like S-P-I-R-T-A-S or something like that. I don't know if yeah. there's another I in there. Nope. Okay. No, he's Kevin <laughs> Spiritus. Okay. Kevin, we're putting an I in your name. Like <laughs> Spiritus. <laughs> I'm sure he gets that a lot. Don't mind us. So. Yeah. <laughs> we're sorry but, in advance. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he, he's been on so many things, and also he has a new project out that we're going to talk about, too, where he actually was a co writer. And is a co-star. Yeah, that's a web series, I think. He's won a bunch of daytime Emmys for or something. Yes. So, you know, we this is, I don't know how many Emmy Award winners this makes for us, but I'm always, like, so honored and thrilled when we get to talk to Emmy Award winners. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, you know, thrilled to talk to all the people that we talk to, but, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, it is because really, um, that's that's the highest honor for um, if you're, you know, it's like the Grammy if you're in music. Uh, that's a high, you know, the highest honor. Um, is the Grammys only only for music? Um, well, like soundtracks, music, you know, like oh, they don't it, have like acting or what's no, oh, okay. The, of course, you know, there's the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, and then um, the Razzies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, we should make it a goal to, like, interview <laughs> one, one of those. <laughs> oh. I think Sandra Bullock has won one of those. Okay, we'll take her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sandra, if you're out there. All right, all right, you know, all right. <laughs> Sandra, if you're listening, you know, we, <laughs> we would interview you, okay? So I hear that, uh, before we start this episode, I just wanted to mention this, I hear that you're writing a script? Oh my goodness, Uh, I am. Um, So, (laughs) in this chapter of life, uh, you know, I'm starting a new venture, and uh, it's going to be, uh, so I am partnering with... um, Gary Bryant, who I graduated from high school with, and we've actually had Gary on uh, as a guest on our class of 82 episode. Oh, yes, I remember that. So, um, you know, I've had this idea for some time, and then uh, as fate would have it, as it often does, um, you know, I, I mentioned it to Gary, who also likes to write and has a book out. And he's like, you know, I think we can make it work. And then, you know, we've just been like bouncing things back and forth and things falling into place. And we are going to be um, having a mobile theater group. Oh, cool. 
they're going to, you know, it'll be, it's kind of like Commedia dell'arte. So it's funny. uh, And, and the actors will travel. So our, all the world's stage is literal um, because, you know, we could be at a restaurant one day, we could be at a library, the other, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's just um, going, um, but it's dinner theater. So you'll get fed well. And you'll also get to see a very funny mystery show, which is a script um, that I'm currently finishing. Care Finish- to care to give us a, a uh, idea of what it's about, or no? Well, I will tell you the title is the reveal. So obviously, I can't reveal too much. <laughs> um, okay. But you know, it, it centers around a high school reunion. And uh, so all the characters um, are at their high school reunion. Now, one of the great things that we're trying to do, or we're going to do, is give you an immersion into the script. So if you're there watching as an audience member, you're going to feel like you are a member of the class of 82. And you just never know, like, when you're going to be part of the script. All right. Well, there you go. Bring your, uh, our, you know, I don't know what what was happening in '82. It's like big hair and, uh, you know, hairspray. Yeah. yeah. Yes, uh, the best music ever, and <laughs> you know, just yeah. great things. Like the '80s were so fun. It was a great time to be a teenager. Everybody dressing like Madonna and. Yeah, or Cindy Lauper, if you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you, depending and Flock of Seagulls <laughs> MTV you know just the year before that uh, MTV oh they had just started yeah. yeah yeah so you know we we are so lucky because I know that you were also a teenager um, at, at that one time. point yes uh, well not really <laughs> was I a teenager yeah you, you, you were ah, so long ago <laughs> Well, you know, it it just was a great time, Um, and you're going to be able to turn back the clock a bit and enjoy that great time, and if you, you know, were born after the 80s, it's a great way for you to see what it was like to be a member of the class of 82, but this is going to be at the Pennington, and the Pennington is in Corbin, Kentucky. Um, Now, this is a, a... business that just opened uh, at the beginning of this year mm-hmm. and it's a it's a very uh, unique uh, building so it has a lot of character a lot of charm um, it just has the personality that is perfect a perfect match for theater so uh, Deidre Pennington is the owner and she's actually going to be a guest uh, as we move closer to July 29th, which will be our, the first performance. So, um, you know, I hope everyone will come out and have a great time. All right. Sounds cool. And hopefully I can get down there to see that. Uh, yes, because you are forever young. You would <laughs> yes. All right, well, let's talk to uh, Kevin, and uh, we'll hear about his soap opera career, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing more updates on the 
mystery dinner theater as time goes on. All right, Kevin Spiritus. Without the extra eye. Exactly. <laughs> All right, here we go. Kevin, I want to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. We are so excited to have you as our guest today. Thank you for having me, Kat and Matt. <laughs> sure. Well, you're quite an accomplished actor, and so uh, I guess my first thought is, like, where did this uh, love of acting begin? Were you, like, you know, that child that had an imagination and played characters, or where does it begin? Um, I think it actually began more with um, movie musicals. I would uh, be the kid staying up past my bedtime, sneaking out of the bedroom, turning on the late show. Uh, you know, back in the day, we only had three networks. And right. um, I would, um, you know, any, any any musical that had Gene Kelly or Fred Astaire or, um, you know, Gingerrod, Judy Garland, Debbie Reynolds, all those movies, uh, I just, something about the dancing and the music and the um, situation, it, arrested my attention and it just I was drawn into that and then of course anything that came in <clears throat> excuse me anything that came through St. Louis when I was a kid watching the tours of a chorus line and Pippin and oh on and on and on um, I had I had to be in them I had to uh, try to go after that so that was that that was the inspiration so um, did you find yourself um, singing along, dancing, um, you know, when you Are were you kidding? I was, I was choreographing and re-choreographing everything I'd just seen five minutes prior down the hallway knocking pictures off the wall you know, <laughs> of my house. Um, cartwheeling into, um, you know, expensive, expensive pieces of furniture. Um, I... I don't know. I would I, I would let my imagination run wild. I'd I'd be on a on an afternoon um, date with friends. And we'd be walking through one of the parks, and I'd see a stone wall, and I'd get up and I said, "This is what Jim Kelly would do," or "Benestay would," you know, whatever it was. And um, uh, I had I still have a, um, a teacher named Joanne Smiley, who was my fourth grade music teacher at elementary school. And she sort of was the one who saw the, I don't know. She saw that I had the bug and she encouraged it. And I would be at every concert, I would learn every song, I would be at choir practice. Um, and she was my teacher, fourth grade, fifth grade, my sixth grade year, she actually went to the junior high. So I then had her seventh, eighth and ninth grade. Wow. And then in my senior year, she had Come to the high school so i had her again as a senior <laughs> and um she was um joanne was quite a teacher she was the pied piper of music because everyone wanted to be in choir and um, now sidebar she is the she is the mayor of clarksville missouri <laughs> she's doing very well and i stay in good touch with her but she's the one who actually um would encourage me to uh, 
audition for festivals or shows that were local or <clears throat> go to New York when I was ready or when I felt ready. When I felt ready and when my parents thought I was ready is a different story, but um, <laughs> here I am. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask, was your family supportive of um, your idea for making a career of this? I think my mom and dad were supportive in the sense of, oh, it's a phase. <laughs> um, it was a, um, I was a good singer, though. I was a really good singer, and I was a natural dancer. And my junior year and my sophomore year, uh, junior year, my senior year, I auditioned for the local Six Flags amusement park shows. And I was a very big hit. At Six Flags, um, I, um, no, it was it was training. It was doing something for the summer job, being in a show six times a day, uh, and that was sort of like I want to do this. And I remember, I remember getting the encouragement to audition for. Six Flags was doing something with Dinah Shore. They were pairing up and they were doing this like um, talent search called Stairway to Stardom. And each year they were doing one person from each park. They'd compete against themselves and then one person from each park would go to perform in the Dinah Shore show. And um, the second year I was at the uh, amusement park working, I won and I went to go on the Dinah Shore show and that was it. I knew. That was it. Come on. Dinosaur, yeah. You, you know. Come on, dinosaur. That that was that was the big time. Yeah, you and, made um, it then. So um so did you I, was say, to... um, I was just gonna say after that, um my dad wanted me to go to school, my mom wanted me to get an education and I did go to semester a semester at SMU in Dallas, Texas. And I had a dance scholarship and I was studying the arts and Holly Sign Minor, and um, I remember the middle of that first semester, I went, I was, I was auditioning for something at the school, and they didn't hire me, the talent show. I thought, my gosh, come on, I'm, put me in a talent show at least, something. And I realized they, out of respect to the students who were coming before me, the seniors, freshmen, I, uh, seniors, Sophomores and juniors were the ones who were always being cast in the dances or the plays or the talent shows. And the freshmen really didn't get attention because mm -hmm. why? They were freshmen. And I remember sulking one day in dance class and Jerry Bevington, my teacher's aide, uh, was very much an inspiration of um, create, creative creative. Uh, the creative thoughts that I wanted to do and pursue. And he said, what is wrong with you? You're salting in class two, three days in a row. What's going on? And I said, I don't think I should be here. I, I think I should be in New York. And he said, you're absolutely right. You should be. Hmm. Now, don't fire him because he's already, he's moved on. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's not a uh, SMU now. But um, he really, he was the one who said, you should be going. New York and you should do what you want to do now because you have it and I I took it to heart and I told my parents um, I'm not going to be here next semester <laughs> but uh, you know uh, three months later 
19, what was it, 1981, uh, in January, so just about the end of March, beginning of April, I landed a role in a chorus line on the Broadway tour. Wow. So, yeah, so that was, I think it was meant to be, and um, that started my journey. I took that tour all over Canada and the United States, and it ended up in Los Angeles, and I stayed in Los Angeles after that. Mm. And, you know, one thing after the other. There's an audition for a movie. There's an audition for a commercial. There's an audition for a something something. And about a year later, I landed my first job in a slasher film, as one does. <laughs> uh, the Hills Have Eyes, directed by the incredible uh, Wes Craven. So it's yeah, really great. Yeah, yeah, Wes Craven. So I stayed. I stayed. Well, it would seem a chorus line would be perfect for a year. Um, it's kind of ironic that that's the first um, part that you get. Mm. Yeah. Well, I. It is ironic. It isn't ironic. It's, I think it was intention. Mm. I think it's a show that I... I remember coming through St. Louis twice, and when I was a junior, and when I was a senior. In the senior year, they held auditions, and I wanted to be in that show. I wanted to be the role of Mike Casa. I wanted to sing, I can do that. That was me. And I remember going to that theater and watching that show and just be up there. I know that I didn't make it that year. Uh, she said, you probably need one more year before we you know, yeah. come back next year. So by that time, it was six months, I was in New York. But I think it was more about my intention and what gave me excitement. And, you know, as I said, it, my heart is arrested at something that is beautiful and inspiring and magical and creative. And that's where I wanted to be on stage. That's the show. That was the first one anyway. And, um, Oh, um, that's how that's how we create our our reality one thought at a time was there ever after that point uh a time when you're like this is not gonna work so i'm gonna have to think of a plan b or uh did that never cross your mind to look back uh i'm not gonna say never um you know, this business has a lot of peaks and valleys, and um, there were some very lean times, and there were times that I thought, oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, how am I going to make money? How am I going to support myself? How am I going to feed my cat? <laughs> These are the questions that one asks when they are uh, starting off in the business. I... I... I just had faith. I, I really believe it's about a faith, and it's. Um, I happen to believe that I'm here for a purpose and goodness in the creative world, and I, I don't know why I think this, but I think that's just how it is for me, and it's something that is my truth. And I can honestly say that when <clears throat> I went through a very, very 
very sparse time in my, hmm, I'm going to say mid to late 30s. I kind of was in an in-between stage. I was too young looking to play older, too old to play younger. And uh, I'll never forget running into Fran Bascom, who um, was casting uh, Days of Our Lives at that time. And I hadn't seen her forever. And she ran into me at a theater and she said, Kevin, I've been looking for you. Your picture's not in the, in, in the um, actor's directory. And I said, I can't afford it. <laughs> she said, uh, um, call the office tomorrow. I'm going to talk to you. So she brought me into the office a week later. Um, and she said, there's a role that I would like to have you come in and do. Um, it's two days. Okay, you're paying me, right? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and I don't know what made me think this or what possessed me, but I went to the set three days later. My lines all memorized, and I just remember thinking, this is a place I could call home. Yeah, mm. I'm going to call it home today. And it was three or four scenes with uh, Rourke Critchlow, who was playing Mike Horton at the time. And they may have known this, may have not known this, but... We, they were investing in pushing him out of this job that he had wanted, and I was going to be the bad guy in this two, in these two days. And it was a very Eddie Haskell type of character. Yes, Mrs. Cleaver, and you know, <laughs> and then turn your back, and it's like get out of here. And I think, I think I just I remember going, this is going to be fun, and we, you know, that's all. I just went to set to have fun and. That night, I got home, and Fran has called me at home saying, "What did you do at the set today?" I, I what? I thought I, I thought I did my scenes, and she said the producer called me. Has never called me in all my career here, Days of Our Lives. He said, "Where did you find this guy?" Wow. You know, and um, those two days turned into almost eight years. Um, Seven or eight months later, I get a call from France. She goes, you're not going to bring this. I want to bring you on the show for three, a three-year contract. And I said, wait a minute. Wait, wait. No <laughs> test deal. No. Did they ask me if I want to come back on? Yes, I'll take it. Uh, it was just one of those, I believe, <clears throat> I believe it's readiness. Um, I believe it's opportunity, meeting, preparedness. And, um, and then those eight years kind of resurrected what was – Kevin Spiritus is a very, very um, quiet career at that time. And uh, when that show ended, I, again, what do I do? Hmm. What's next? And uh, Broadway called. I went to Broadway. Um, I ended up standing by for Hugh Jackman and The Boy from Oz, one of my favorite jobs in my career. And um, he was amazing. I never went on for him, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about uh, the job. And, um, I learned from him. We've stayed uh, in good, good contact. But after I, after that year, I was not in love with New York anymore the way I used to be. And I felt very strongly about coming back to L.A. But I also felt strongly about 
looking on stage again. And there's stage here in Los Angeles for that. I really wanted to do it the right way. And, you know, again, if it's meant to be, it will be revealed. And I ended up doing chorus, uh, hairspray in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did that lovely production, which was supposed to last a year. Unfortunately, I came back to LA quite early. Um, and I <laughs> showed both, I think, at three or four months into it. Uh, it was, I had a great time. I love that show. I love Mark Chamin and Scott Whitman's work. And I got to work with um, some incredible people. But now I was bitten by that bug and I really, really wanted to be on stage. So, having only ever lived in New York for the most part, of that one year, I would go back and forth, and I would visit, and I, you know, say a couple weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. But I needed to go back and invest my time in New York, and that's when I got rid of everything here in LA, and I settled in New York uh, for about seven and a half years. And at that time, producing fell into my world of creativity. Um, people. It's like, come here and help raise money for projects. Um, come over here and do this little two-person play off-Broadway. You know, everything. It was just starting to really rock and roll. But I wasn't getting the roles that I felt I needed or desired. And I knew at some point there was going to have to be a, a coming to terms with either get out or just make it happen yourself. Mm. And sure enough... A tap on the shoulder at the gym. Are you Kevin Spiritus? I'm Michael Slade. I used to write for you in Days of Our Lives. And there was the birth of After Forever. Wow. I know it all sounds storybook, and I know it all sounds too convenient. But I'm telling you, this is how it works. This is how it came together. And I'm just leaving out a lot of tears and a lot of uh, lean times. And, um... So... <laughs> I mean, there's a lot here. Of course, I know, I know. The way things have progressed and happened for you. Um, with the soap opera, what was that like? I mean, were you a fan of soap operas before? Um, um, you mean daytime? Yes. Okay. Um, well, you know, life Lots. is a soap opera. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I have to be honest, I I was not a fan of soap operas growing up. I felt that um, they were something for my grandmother mm. and she was busy she was busy knitting and um, I have to hold the yarn for her. <laughs> um, and she'd tell me about this story and that story and I'd say, Mama, I love you, but I'm gonna go outside and play now. <laughs> and that was because I still wanted to be Gene Kelly dancing around. Um, and sure enough, um, <clears throat> I think one of the first things I ever auditioned for in New York when I went there uh, for the first time to live in 81 was a soap opera. Hmm. And I tested, you know, I ended up, te- of course, you want that soap opera right there. It's a job. It's going to be on the TV. Right. And so, feed my cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two cats now. Oh. You know, but it's kind of... Well, I am so, now... I was just going to say, though, um, uh, 
I'll wait. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't important. It's a lie. Oh, go ahead. I'd like to hear it all. I can't, re I can't remember how I was going <laughs> to... It'll come back. It had to do with well, cats, not the music. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say that probably um, you began, at least from TV, to be a lot more recognized. Um mm. Because, you know, people on soap operas generally, um, especially to the fans, they have a lot of them. So uh, what was the recognition part like for you? Um, at times it was quite rewarding and fun and exciting. I also, <clears throat> I remember some fans really taking the storylines um, too true and too... Um, too real for um, them to be considered. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. My grandmother would make them, can you believe this is happening? Go, it's TV, my mom. <laughs> it's, a, it's a story. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the heightened overreacting, overreacting yeah. uh, was not my favorite style. Um, but again, uh, people, you come into their living rooms every day, you know, 365 however many days and it's how many years and how long your contract is and so that said um yeah that, they expect I mean, you it, it, i sky i kind of skyrocketed that first year of um being on a national uh well-received and popular television mm. and, and then i wasn't <laughs> What'd you say? One more time. And you play a doctor who's uh, married for a long time. Yes. Uh, um, my mom. My mom was very proud. She now had a doctor in the family. <laughs> one of her sons, the doctor. And you know, even when I was off the soap, she would still introduce me as her son, the doctor. I said, this is getting old. This is getting very old, mom. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, um, you're gonna you're gonna jump into the uh, the storyline now. Yes, yes, I am, because, um, you know, I have two questions about it. So, I mean, what is it like, or how was it received in that you're, you know, you're married, um, but you're having an affair, and you're gay, um, mm -hmm. and then you well, have to tell your it, wife. You mean I have to do real-life things in this non-real uh, world? <laughs> um <laughs> First yeah, of all, I want to play that well, character. The thing I can start with is when Michael Slade and I, um, when we set out to write after forever, we wanted to write from stories that we knew and that we felt were personal and we had a connection with. And Michael was, I think, about six or seven years older than me. Um, and that is really old. <laughs> he, uh, he he was the elder in the relationship of, uh, of creativity here. But we had, um, we created the story about two men who had everything in life until one day they didn't. And when one died, uh, my character, Brian, has to navigate through his life now to, uh, has to navigate the grief and the loss. And how that came to be is a whole other interview. But the story was about navigating grief and realizing that when someone dies, 
the relationship does not end. And you have that relationship with you for always. So <laughs> cut to cut to the success of the show. It's getting a lot of attention in a lot of the film festivals. And then we get eight nominations for our first season. And it's short form. So each episode is about eight to 12 minutes. And the whole season, uh, season one is about an hour and a half. And there we are on, at the 2019 Emmy, Daytime Emmy Awards. And there are five awards handed to us. Wow. And, um, one of them was, um, for me, was uh, Outstanding Actor in a Drama Series. And Michael and I got writing. And we also won Outstanding Digital Drama, which to me was... Um, the accumulation of pretty much everything at that point. And um, I remember standing on stage looking at my past daytime family. And I was just sort of like, yeah, I guess we had to kind of do this on our own to get attention. I don't know how to say it any other way, but we weren't going to wait uh, for anybody to hand deliver a role or a story or a show. And we went ahead, and our efforts were greatly rewarded. And at the end of that um, ceremony, uh, the head writer from Days of Our Lives, Ron Calvary, came up to me, saw me in the um, bar area, and said, congratulations, tell Michael, you guys were fabulous. I'm so proud of you. And he took off. And when Michael came over, he said, they're going to bring me out. They're going to bring Craig Wesley out of the closet on days. He goes, what? Who told you that? I said, I said, nobody told me. It's just something that I sense would be the right thing to do now. But here I am. Stand, it, you know, it took me long enough to come to a good solid term with my own life and my own truth. And I think by taking this role and by taking this, um, by taking this opportunity of creativity and pushing it forward in front of people, it was my way of um, coming out, so to speak. In a, I was already out. It just wasn't. Right. I wasn't leading with it. And here, um, it took me a very long time to be comfortable to accept myself and to. Uh, stand for myself as not only an actor but as a person and uh, as a son, as a cousin as a brother, all that stuff mm -hmm. and here was the opportunity to have Craig Wesley do the same thing I don't know, I just sort of thought, what? why wouldn't they do that? why wouldn't they put us together? you know, in this yeah. so, so when that did come out and uh, they did call me decided they were going to do this show uh, this storyline the first thing I asked was so is Craig coming out is that what we're going to do with this storyline because it just seems right and uh, Marnie our casting director um, she was like how do you know I said I'm a professional <laughs> I don't know I just it was it was again it was a feeling and it was a I can only explain it as my body was able to speak that sentence and breathe clearly. And that was sort of the detector of it all. So, and now 
There's a new Emmy nomination. Yeah. Can you believe it? Congratulations yeah. on your other Thank ones. You. And that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Did you have a um, personal experience where you had dated a female that you ended up hurting maybe because uh, sort of like your character by coming out? Um, uh, I think probably the only person I hurt was myself. <laughs> you know, my I had a manager who would say to me, Kevin, maybe you're the only person who doesn't know you're gay. <laughs> and uh, we'd make that the joke. But I think it was more about, um, you know, there are, there are fantasies or there are dreams you have as a as a child and you want you the world is spoken to you through the mouthpieces of your parents they're right. the ones who say what the world is outside and i just didn't um i didn't know other possibilities i just knew that i was feeling something different most likely I was different. I, I knew it at a very early age and it wasn't about anything other than, Hey, this is something I'm drawn toward mm -hmm. just like a part on stage or in the films. Right. So I dated women. I, um, I didn't understand them when I think I began to understand men or I thought I would understand men. So that's the technical side of it. I don't, um, yeah. Just, it's just part of me is uh, an actor, a slice of me is a writer, a slice of me is someone's brother, someone's son, someone I'm gay. Yeah, it's all, it all makes up the man. So, and if someone wasn't going to understand that after one date, then that's all. <laughs> the name should be heard. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being flipped, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm just joking. It's, it's such a process for, and now today, these kids on the internets yeah. and the webs, uh, they are, they're leading the world now. They're, they're taking it by charge. Yeah. Mm. So the writing part, um, had you had an interest in writing before? Um, yes. <laughs> um, it usually, it usually can out of my person like this they kept that scene in the movie really are you kidding me oh my god that scene is horrible a judgment of course but it wasn't a judgment it wasn't a judgment about um, the talent it was just a story uh i don't know i um i think when a, when a person is acting when a person is creating they are they're kind of in charge of their own writing, so to speak, yes. Yeah. As a kid, you're growing up, you're playing make believe, you're you're writing already. Um you are you're writing a story when you tell your teacher you lost your homework because the dog ate it. Mm. That is writing, that is creating. Um did I know that it was gonna be in this particular format and mm, what can I say mm. I knew at some point I would write I had started to dabble in spec scripts for different projects um, went into maybe 
try my hand at that sort of thing by myself. But this is something that I knew. But when I met Michael, or re-met him that day, I just sort of sensed that if I was going to move in the direction of creating a soap-like story, I was going to have to do it with someone who understood that, mm-hmm. who really knew the beats and the time allotted for each scene or how much can we say. And I had the story in my head. I had the ideas of each scene in my head. And then when you meet someone else who you're collaborating with, those moments become exciting. And, oh, my God, wait, what about if we do this way? And, and then it wraps it all up over here. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that was one of the best – one of my favorite moments of my um, collaboration with Michael was um, he asked me one day, why, Kevin, how, I mean, why are you not in a relationship? I mean, how is it that we're going to give a character that you are going to portray any type of um, sympathy? Who's going to care that you're, you're single and crying for a boyfriend? And I went, well, it just hasn't happened yet, you know, and he sort of smirked and I said, plus I'm a lousy eater. So, you know, it's hard <laughs> to have dinner with me. And I threw the question back at him and um, I said, what about you? Are you involved with anybody? And he said, I lost my partner of 15 years about a year and a half ago. Mm. And I had said, I'm so sorry to hear this news. Um, you still talk to him? And he gave me a look as if I had gone into his brain and pulled that question out of it. Mm. Like he said, yes, I do. And I said, you know, if you are comfortable with overlaying this type of story to our already ideas of bringing this couple together, I mean, I really didn't have, we didn't have it about death yet, but we knew it was going to be about two people relating. And I said, if we're going to find a way to tell this story about going out on a date or needing to go out on dates, you could do the, you could do the present storytelling Mm -hmm. by where Brian is today. You could look back at the past and the flashbacks and see where the relationship was, where it flourished, where it didn't flourish, where it was a good time and where it was not such a good time. And then we, on another level, which is not anywhere inventing a wheel, it's just reinventing it, mm-hmm. better, better tracking. Um, we said, why not have Brian conjure up Jason to work out his grief, mm-hmm. to ask him questions, to, um, to make himself feel heard, even though we don't necessarily consider ourselves heard when there's a ghost. Um, I just know that Michael and I were supposed to meet, we were supposed to create a story, and it was supposed to be about this couple having this relationship. And I know that we were doing it because there's a certain amount of story that is pushed under the carpet or not anywhere on the campus after a certain age for not just gay men but for middle-aged women right. and um 
and we had this idea and I think it was beautiful uh, recognition actually when we were given um, a letter that it was written to a studio head and you know my dad lost my mom about a year ago and I don't know how old this young man was but I think I understand what my dad's going through now hmm. just by watching the show and I thought that was lovely and heart, heart touching and just um, so you, you do the creative stuff for you and hopefully the healing that you're going through is going to touch someone hmm. who's watching it and help heal them that's always how I approach it like even in my Friday the 13th movies come on <laughs> we gotta kill Jason. We gotta kill the Jason. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, you, so you won five Emmys for that, and uh, which one is the most personally satisfying to you? Oh, you're asking me to pick my favorite child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we've actually the season, the series has uh, accumulated six daytime Emmys. Okay, I'm sorry, sir. Um, and no, no, it's okay. I'm just counting. Yeah. Um, I am. <laughs> um, uh, I, you know, the show mm. won outstanding daytime drama series. Mm -hmm. The notion that Michael and I sat down, got to know each other in a moment's time, and popped this season one out in less than a year. I raised money to get it made. Um, we yeah. got eight nominations. I, I don't know. I think the show overall. So not not just the, not so much the the awards. It's just the process of creating it. Yeah, I mean that's what that. I think every when I walk by them, so properly placed on the shelf. <laughs> You can't miss them. <laughs> um, I'm constantly reminded what they represent. Mm -hmm. And now that Michael has um, moved on, um, uh, we lost Michael, for those who don't know, uh, in 2020 uh, to a very rough um, theater. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Did you? Oh, um, Michael had um, a very, very a um, severe case of prostate cancer and um, mm. it took about three years and we lost him and but he's still here so uh, it represents a lot of stuff the show is yeah forever in my heart and forever in my uh, my it's my body it's, mm -hmm. so we have now completed the third season by the way we waited until COVID was going to allow us to to do the show as writ because we had written this season two and season three uh, seasons back to back mm -hmm. and now um toward the end of the year it will be released awesome. it will be a streaming yeah cool so what yeah. is what is um what's next for you i mean after this uh you know mm -hmm. any any plans for the immediate future um <clears throat> Uh, or you I can't say. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I, I have, I am not signed to a new contract on anything at okay. this time. Okay. Um, uh, but 
I am working on two new scripts, two um, feature-length scripts uh, mm -hmm. with a new writing partner. And um, Greg Allen is um, he's a wonderful, wonderful writer. And we kind of crossed paths because we were talking about an actor that was in my series, and he wanted to talk to him and blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. We found a way to um, share interests in the stories that we're now writing. Uh, I'll go back to some singing. I have been threatening. <laughs> it's, I'm going to do another show. I really am. No, I mean it. I'm going to put together a show. I will sing those songs. It's, um, I, I want to do it. I want to do an evening of Peter Allen's music mm -hmm. without doing the boy from Oz. Um, Hugh was so outstanding in that theater. I'm just going to say theater. It wasn't even about the role. He just filled the house. He was just amazing. And I watched him every night and I thought, wow, this guy is, I should just soak this all in. It's a, it's a lesson. Yeah. And, um, and if he would only get me. sick, that could be me. <laughs> well, I, I, I had, I had actually taken some stock out in marbles. <laughs> they would get caught in the track. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Then. He he was he was great. Um, I will say this though. Um, Peter Allen has always been the backdrop for me. Mm -hmm. It's always been a Peter Allen song um, since junior high. And uh, I just remember when Olivia Newton-John was singing, um, uh, "I love you." I honestly love you. Mm -hmm. um, Melissa Manchester, uh, "Don't Cry Out Loud." Mm -hmm. These, those two songs especially, I mean, and then I came out to LA and lo and behold, who did I get to meet? And I got to sing with Melissa Manchester at a concert. Wow. We did a, uh, we did a duet that she had actually written with Peter Allen. So I wanted to contribute to his work and his legacy. And um, I, there's some storytelling as I weave those songs together. Mm -hmm. And um, it has nothing to do with Oz land. So, um, hmm. uh, and that's, um, singing the writing. Um, Oh, I don't know. Um, maybe I'll pick up painting. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a, there's also a couple of, um, theatrical projects that are starting to present themselves on, mm -hmm. um, present themselves on the canvas of Broadway. And now that Broadway is coming back, I'm very, very, excited to maybe step in as a producer again. Awesome. I, I, I think the thing we should all kind of, at least it's what I try to do, I look at where is the evidence and how is it presented to me and am I going to walk in its direction? Hmm. That's really what's next. And if you're doing something that's making your heart sing, then by all means, do it. Hmm. Good advice. All right, Kat, one more question. One more question. I do not know the lottery numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was just going to ask about the title, After Forever. Who thought of that? Mm -hmm. I don't want to take all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Michael's not here to argue with me. Right. <laughs> um, I said to Michael, um, 
because we were talking about how would it be if one of these characters dies, a story that he knew very well, and um, they don't live happily ever after. But, oh, hey, they live after forever. Mm-hmm. Was that simple? When I think when you're in it and you're aligned, it's just things write themselves. Like this three o'clock, three thirty phone call. <laughs> I I tell you. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're fine. Um, yeah, it's um. I think I think creativity is our um, is our birthright if you select to take that on mm-hmm. every day. Doesn't have to be writing scripts. Doesn't have to be singing. Doesn't have to be acting. We're we're all creative, and um, I think the sooner we surrender to that one, boom, you know, they'll make a smartphone that will not unidentified <laughs> a foreign number. <laughs> Steve Jobs. <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna let you go. Uh, we appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much. Well, you awesome. guys are great. Thank you so much. And um, I don't know when they're going to postpone the Emmys till, but um, all right. Yes, definitely. We are cheering for you. Oh, okay. thank you. Um, I'm cheering for you too. <laughs> I, I am. I am. I think it's just a very big full circle moment. Yeah, you I, got. I would be more. I'd be more than honored to receive this. Got more shelf, more shelf space picked out? Are you kidding? <laughs> of course I do. Of course I do. I've got 17 shelves picked out. Um, uh, and, 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 and whether it's another Emmy or these, I'll, I'll get a picture to you guys. I'll text you a picture. Awesome. That'd be great. That's great. Wonderful talking to you. You, you as well. Have a good Thank evening you. or afternoon. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iratepleas at outlook.com, or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com, or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.